Welcome to the Healing Grove Podcast. I'm Dr. Kristen Ryman, an integrative holistic family physician, author of Life After Lyme, and host in this virtual space of learning, healing, and growing. I believe humans are like trees, and our physical limb is only one of many. Health on all limbs of the tree, emotional, conceptual, social, spiritual, is absolutely required for the whole tree that is you to be vibrantly well. I created the Healing Grove podcast as a place to showcase some of the world's best integrative and holistic medicine, to expose you to transformative tools and mindset shifts for all limbs of your tree. I hope you enjoy our conversation in the Healing Grove today as much as I enjoyed having it. Hey, Anita Kopach. Hello. (laughs) Everyone, this is my dear and very longtime friend. Anita Kopach. She is a pleasure alchemist, an award-winning author, and an activist. She was the editor-in-chief at Heart and Soul magazine for five years. Before that, she was the managing editor of Beauty Sense magazine. Anita received her bachelor's in interdisciplinary studies at UC Berkeley and her master's in spiritual psychology from the University of Santa Monica. She's also a certified Tantra coach and is the author of the book, Finding Your Way. Anita Kopach was inspired to create the Zero F's Given movement because she's a thriving survivor of sexual abuse. There we go. We're definitely going to talk about that. I should have worn mine. She's utilized numerous modes of healing to reclaim her power, the strongest of which has been communing with circles of women. Her new book, Shallow Waters, will be available this fall, which is 2020. So, so excited for that to come out. Hi, Anita. Hello, Kristen. Thank We've you. known each other since, um, since I was like a baby, so. <laughs> no, you really were like, a, you were a baby. So yeah. Anita is one of the many beautiful sisters of one of my best, best, bestest friends growing up, Sharon. And so Anita and I have spent many hours together, you know, romping through woods and playing on islands and swimming yes. lakes and, you know running around, you know, barefoot. So it's so great to have you. I'm really, really grateful and honored that you agreed to do this talk for us. I think it's really going to be a gem for people who are struggling with some of the same things that, that you went through. Thank you. It's such an honor to be here. And I'm always so touched by all of the work that you do. And when I see you speak, you're so um, heart-centered and in like grounded in your soul, which you've always been ever since we were young and so i i love to see that you've continued with that through everything that you've gone through and um i suppose it got you deeper into your um compassion because you have gone through a lot so it's an honor to be here thank you for those words my friend (laughs) so before we get into the to the wonderful gifts of your journey that you wanted to share with this community i wonder if you would Tell us a little bit about your story and what brought you to this place. Yes, absolutely. So what I wanted to share with everyone is, um, Kristen, as Kristen said, I'm a pleasure alchemist. And so I help people return to their sense of pleasure. A lot of times when we've gone through different traumas, pleasure is the last thing that we're um, thinking about. It's like, it's all about survival. And so, um, I'm here to bring people back into their pleasure, that it doesn't have to be dead. And that for me, really, it is 
brings in the color of life. And, um, and I work with the sexual pleasure, but it's also all kind. it's connected to all kinds of pleasure within your life. And, um, so the reason I'm so passionate about this is because when I was seven years old, I was sexually molested and I didn't speak about it for, um, for a long time. I actually finally told my sisters when I was around 19 and I told my mom when I was in my 20s, but um, I, I kept it to myself for a long time. And, you know, now that I've done a lot of work, I know it was because, you know, deep shame and guilt. I thought it was my fault. Um, I think one of the most nuanced parts about it was that it was, it was very pleasurable. And I um, eventually would ask for it. And so that brought me into the place where I really thought it was my fault because then I was asking for it. And um, so I think that's what made it so um, hard to untangle just even within myself as a young child. And uh, I remember the first time I heard, the first and only time, because I, I never hear people really talk about it, was um, I was around 10 and I walk in and my mom's watching Oprah and Oprah starts talking about her, um, her experience and that, that it was pleasurable. And I know that my whole face turned red because I was like, everybody knows. And I just felt like everybody knew, you know, I'm looking around, my throat was tightening and it was just, it was very traumatic, but at the same time for me to see Oprah talking about it while she's on TV, this powerful woman. And I'm like, okay, if she's been through it <laughs> and is like at that time to me felt like, oh, she's thriving totally fine and all of that. I'm like, then, then I think for my young self, it was like, okay, I can do this. And, you know, I kept moving on and I, you know, I thought I was strong for not talking about it. You know, we go through our different phases. I didn't want to hurt my mom. Um, I didn't even think about what my dad would, would, um, he, he actually was the last one to find out, which I, I forgot that I hadn't told him. And, um, it was, um, I, I shared it on social media because I was going through the healing and, um, I shared it on social media and Sharon called me and she was like, dad is pretty messed up. You know, you should maybe call him to see if he's okay. And I was like, Oh, right. Shoot. And I called him and he, you know, who's it's, he has a very thick Polish accent. So he's like, Oh, hello, Anita, you know, and trying to act all happy. And I'm like, dad, I know that, you know, what happened to me. He's like, Oh, I'm just a failure. And I'm like, no, you're not, you're not a failure. That's not what that he's like. Yes. Actually, that is what it means. You know, that's the whole reason that, you know, I'm here on this earth is to protect you guys. And, um, you know, where I am with it now is that it feels like it was a blessing. And so I was trying to explain it, but, you know, he was, <laughs> he, he definitely wasn't at the point to understand that it could be a blessing. But then he just realized, he's like, well, you know, if I found out, when you were seven, I probably would have killed the man. So it was like, yes, it's actually good that he did not. 
and that you are here with us. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's an intense thing. So there's so many different layers of, of pain, of guilt, of shame, of story. And, um, you know, when someone tries to hold it all in, as you probably know, it can turn into so many different things. And as we speak, as I speak, I can speak for myself, I can feel the shame and the guilt releasing. So that, that is actually where I got my inspiration to move into the different modes of healing. And um, I am a spiritual psychologist, so I, I have worked with many um, people, mostly women, but I have worked with some men. But I've worked with many people uh, through, through these issues. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of people are not ready to talk about it right away. So it's, it's, it's definitely um, a process of trust first, and then you slowly move in, right? And, but most people know that I'm like a gentle dragon, right? Like if you're coming to work with me, I'm like, listen, you said yes to the work, so I'm going to fucking push you. I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> you just did. So there we are. <laughs> yeah. So there definitely has been times where, um, where my clients, that, that's, that's part of, um, it seems like it's part of the process that the clients have a hate for me almost for a moment because they're like, oh, I don't want, there's, there's, there's a protective mode that people go into when they don't want to go into the trauma. And so it's like, it, you kind of have to be a warrior to get into it. You know, the gentle at first, and then like, is this something that you really want to heal? And one of my healers, I know I keep going on, but it's like one of my healers said this to me. He was saying that when someone is dealing with trauma, the reason it's so hard for people to go back is like he said, imagine that you had a red bike when you were younger and this red bike is now stored in your grandmother's garage. And in order for you to get rid of that bike, you have to ride it around the block once. And so your body definitely feels like you're going through it again once you start talking about it but you're really safe sitting on your bed or wherever you're sitting and um, to have someone to remind you, like you are okay right now and we're, we, you're not in the trauma because it really does feel like it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, I think the, the programming that we do for our hard drive back when we're five or six and our, a lot of us have, have been trauma, I mean, it, first of all, birth is traumatic, so let's just start there regardless of whether you believe in past lives and bringing in things from other lifetimes, we all at least have the birth trauma. And then it just kind of compounds from there. And as yeah. a child, we don't have the kind of evolved and mature um, sensibility to understand that we are going to survive this and we have tools because we don't have tools and we're terrified. Yeah. So yeah. the tool becomes just shoving that away and locking it, locking yeah. it beyond like, you know, 14 padlocks and a lot of dragons guarding grandmother's garage, right? Exactly. So that you never, <laughs> ever have to get back on that bike again. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
It is. And so this is, this is a part of my mission is to, <laughs> is to get through the dragons and the padlocks. And, um, but really it's, it's up to the person who, who wants to, to go through the healing because once they say yes and they bring themselves into the space, then they're giving me permission to go in. I do not go in and if, if there's no permission given. Obviously, I want someone who is ready for it. Right. Otherwise, well, it's re-traumatizing, right? Exactly. Yeah. So what would you say then to someone who is listening on the edge of their seat and saying, oh my God, either a lot of this happened to me or I can totally resonate with having held deeply onto things that I no longer want in my personal garage. Like what are, what are some next steps or some tools that, that might be safe for everyone in that position to try? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of some that would be great. Um, well, for me, I'll, I'll move. So if someone who has gone through some sexual trauma and they, they are ready to move through it and move towards um, regaining their pleasure. So for me, I know everyone goes through uh, different reactions to their traumas. And for me, I closed up and, and stayed away from pleasure. And anything that, anything that seemed like pleasure, I would feel so guilty about. And, um, and so this was huge for me. And I had, I, and this is, this, I didn't begin my healing, my, my true healing until I was in my thirties, my, my late thirties. And so I've already, I'd already had three kids. I actually contracted herpes. And so what was happening was that I was, I was getting, um, I was getting outbreaks every month. And when I said, I mean, they were, serious outbreaks and I didn't want to take medicine and <laughs> I was just like what is happening and then one of my friends eventually and this is after maybe maybe two years of this um she was like how is this serving you I'm like what this is not serving me at all like this is horrible and then I really thought about it and my whole life I've been running away from sex. I'm like, you know, I see the look in my man's eye and I'm like, no, 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 like, I don't want to do it. And so how it served me is that I, I didn't have to have sex, right? And, and I, I was like, oh my gosh, that's how it's serving me, but it's putting me through all of this pain. And so as soon, literally, as soon as I decided to do the work, I have not had one outbreak. Mm -hmm. So, and this is years and years. So it's so, um, you know, I haven't been tested to see if it's, I mean, I know apparently it stays with you for the rest of your life, <laughs> but who knows? <laughs> like an old friend. Exactly. <laughs> but I haven't had, one, whereas I was getting them every month. Wow. And so, and so, and, and I, all I did was decide like, oh, this doesn't serve me anymore. I want to see why I'm running away from the pleasure. And so um, what I ended up doing, I ended up creating a film called Touched, 
where um, I, there's two different healers within the film. One, um, his name is Christopher Lee Mayer, and he basically uses touch to go through the body to find where you're physically holding the, the trauma. And, um, and then the other was a body painter. Now, I had done a lot of talk therapy before, which brought me to a certain place, but I was still not being able to um, appreciate pleasure, sex. Um, I would still have flashbacks that would make me not feel sexual. <laughs> and, and so I was like, I need to do something else. And everyone's healing journey looks different. And so once, once I worked with them, I did this film, and this woman named Sam Isadora came to one of my New York, um, like basically where I was showing the film. And she came up to me and she said, your next step in your healing journey is Tantra. I was like, what? No, Tantra, what is, you know, like I knew what Tantra was, but I didn't really know. And, and so this is where I learned a lot of my tools to return to pleasure. And the main thing about Tantra is connection. And you can have a full on Tantra experience without even having sex. It's, it's all about the connection, heart to heart connection. And it starts with yourself, right? Like it's not about just doing it with your partner. It starts with yourself. And so there are a few tools that I actually love within um, Tantra, which I wanted to share with you all. And one is, um, let me see where I want to start because there is like the, the gazing into each other's eyes, which you can do in the mirror. You can do with your partner and um, just having your hand on your heart and just gazing. And eventually your breathing becomes the same. Obviously if you're gazing in the mirror it is the same, but if with a partner, you sit with them and you gaze. And if you could look up what the yabyam position is, it is, um, if I, I can try to explain, but you're sitting with your partner. So one would be sitting cross-legged and then um, the other sits on top towards them with their legs wrapped around their body. And so if you sit like that and gaze, um, let your breath begin to breathe together. And so that is the connection, right? That's one way to find a connection, to slow down. And then there's also this one breath called the yes breath, which I was thinking we'd do at the end. So I'll show you that at the end, unless we're towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can, you can share as much as you want. We can save it for whenever it's ready. Okay. Yeah. I want to share that at the end so that we can feel like, or, it, you know, when you're watching this at the end, we do the yes breath and you're ready to go and face whatever challenges you have in life. Awesome. Awesome. There's also um, a thing called feather light touches because what happens to us sometimes when we go through trauma, we be we become numb 
And what the feather light touches are, it's like literally just like lightly touching yourself like this. And um, doing that, you know, in the mirror or when you're just, you know, by yourself and, and just allowing your skin to remember this light touch because it resensitizes your body. And that is a huge part in pleasure. Um, and I know for some people, like if they have a vibrator that's extremely, you know, strong and that's what they need, then you're, de you're desensitizing yourself. And so um, it's, it's really about, I mean, these are like the perfect tools. <laughs> this is what you need. You're born with them. <laughs> It's my, it goes straight into my category of cheap, accessible, effective, possibly transformative. So yes. thank you for reminding yes. us about our, two, our, our tool at the end of our arm. <laughs> so that is also a way to return back to your pleasure. I've, I've used, I know some people um, have different thoughts on this, but I used yoni eggs and crystal wands in my healing have definitely resensitized me. And um, the yoni eggs are, it's an ancient practice from um, ancient Asia and um, Egypt. And they used jade eggs. And they're small eggs that you place within your yoni, which is um, into your canal, your vaginal canal. <laughs> and and you know, you know your Kegel exercises, you know, you do those while they're in. And um, so I did use that. And there's so many different things that people have, um, you can have intercourse with them in. I, I could not because I have an IUD, but definitely look it up, do your own research, see if that's something that you would wanna do. I know there's so many different thoughts out there about it, but it actually, definitely helped me within my healing. Beautiful. Now, I would imagine that you would say these are safe for anyone to use provided there is intention and consent on the part of the person using them. Is that accurate? That's what I, yes, yes, I believe that. But I also feel like, like definitely do your research, make sure it, with, with your body type, because I know everyone has different things that they've gone through. And if there has been certain traumas and, and um, you know, if people have had different um, surgeries or things that have happened, it's always good to, to make sure that it's something that you can do. Got it. Yeah. So I want to make sure we come back around to, we're getting back to the yes breath at the end for sure. Yes. But I yes. want to make sure that we don't forget to talk about the zero F's movement. So uh, zero F's given is actually um, an annual day. This year we had it on June 7th and it is a day of literally giving zero F's. So a day of sexual abstinence in honor of anyone who was not able to say no or their no was, was um, basically ignored. And, and so anyone who has been molested, raped, have had any kind of sexual violence, this day is in honor of them. And it's 
open to anyone. So someone who's standing with someone who it's happened to, or if you have someone in your family. And so this just represents that you stand with them. Zero Fs given on that day. And so the shirts, um, 80% of the proceeds go to uh, a, a place that I am actually on the board of called the Center for Safety and Change. And they help women. Actually, it's, it's, people who have gone through domestic violence, either have been raped, sexually trafficked. Um, That actually has been coming up a lot because I live in Rockland County, which is the hub of, uh, I think actually it might be the US, but definitely of of the East Coast. And so, you know, a a part of, of us bringing up children is we have to tell them like, this is how this is how they pull you in. This is how, because we're right in the middle of it. And the youngest person that we've worked with this year was seven years old. Um, and so it's definitely a deep issue. And for many people, it's hard to even conceptualize that this is happening, right? Even though it is a huge subset of our society. And, um, but, but, it's almost as if we are in denial of it because we can't even conceptualize, oh my gosh, people are selling children to have sex. And um, so this is like, (laughs) this is in honor of those children, in honor of anyone who has gone through um, any of those um, experiences. Well, thank you for doing what you're doing. It's such a, I mean, your story is so powerful and your passion is clear. And I'm just so appreciative of all the, all the work you're doing to raise awareness around this. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And you know, it's huge. It's happening. Like it's a whole, there, there are a whole bunch of people working on this, but I don't know if you've heard, but I read in the BBC that um, a a pedophile ring of 30,000 people was just taken down. So it's, and, and when I read into it, as far as um, like what a major part of it, it was actually parents having sex with their children and filming it. And so it's there, it's, it's, it's big, <laughs> it's huge. And, um, and, and obviously no one wants it to be, nobody within it wants it to be revealed because it's um it's I, I don't even have words for what it is well for me to for me to begin to understand it anita i have to <clears throat> imagine putting myself in the shoes of someone who would make a choice like that and i just the only thing that makes sense to me is just tremendous personal trauma yes for those parents you know tremendous this is a legacy that keeps giving you know Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like we are in the time where we can do it. Like we are strong enough to pull this root out. Um, It is definitely something that's ancient and has been around for a long time. And, and like you said, it perpetuates. So hurt people hurt people. And um, so I'm glad it's coming to, and end. That's, that's what I feel. <laughs> yeah, let's, I mean, we can only hope, right? Yeah. And we can work hard. 
yes. what you're doing. Yes. <laughs> so in an effort to kind of take us from that place we, we are in right now to mm -hmm. a place of empowerment and like, we can do it. Maybe it's time to go to yes. To that yes breath. Exactly. And, and also know that, that if you are feeling that heaviness, because the yes breath is definitely going to move you out of it, but also realize that a beautiful way to honor these children and people who are going through it is for you to make choices within your life that represent your freedom. Your, you are able to choose. You are able to make a decision. You are able to stand up for yourself. So even if you can't do it for that child, if you do it for your own energy, you are creating um, a, a space for for us to rise, for us all to rise. So you can do it within your life as far as the choices you make. So true. I mean, it's just like Oprah speaking it out is is creating the container and the and the permission for everyone else to speak it out. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Wait, was that it? Was that the yes breath? No. Did I miss, did I miss the tutorial? You missed it. <laughs> okay. So the yes breath, what it is, is um, you will put your arms up in the air. And then as you bring them down, if you are um, on your period or if you're pregnant, you do it gentle. So you go like that. But other than that, if you're not, you do, you like almost hit it like it's like the side of your, your body's a drum. Yes. Okay. And then you yell, yes. Okay. And so we're going to do this and it might seem like a long time, but trust me. <laughs> Ready? And... system that you just created you bring your hands into prayer position and you thank yourself for showing up for being here for doing the work and that's the yes breath <laughs> Well, that was a big yes. I felt a little bit like if someone had walked in, it would be like one of those when Harry met Sally moments. <laughs> I'll have what she's having. Exactly. I'll have what she's having. And you know, speaking of which, I bet there are a lot of people who have been listening to this who are just like, oh my God, that's the woman I want to work with to work through my trauma. I'll have what she's having. How do I take a next step with Anita Kopach? Because yes. she is, she's like, the next step for me? What, what would they do to get in touch with you or how could they work with you or could they? Yes, absolutely. So um, I, I don't have private clients anymore, which I told you, but I do, um, I do do retreats. So when um, all of this is over, hopefully we'll be doing the retreats again. And that's at goddesswisdomcouncil.com. And then also, if you follow me on social media, it's Anita Kopach, 
Anita, and then K-O-P-A-C-Z, and that's on um, basically mostly on Instagram, but I do have Facebook and a Twitter. And I have I have different programs that I do along, but I, I put them I put everything on my Instagram. So if you you can you can reach out through there, that's actually probably one of the best places. You can also send an email to the Goddess Wisdom Council if you want to be on the mailing list for the retreats. Thank awesome. you so much, Anita. Before we end, is there anything that we either haven't covered that you really wanted to say, or if there's something that's still in your heart that you want to share with this community of people who might be healing and, and listening for some words of wisdom. Yeah. Wow. Well, if I can catch my breath, <laughs> I'm like trying to be normal. I'm like, I just really had breath. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That you are not alone. I know that sometimes when we go through our traumas, we feel like we're the only one who's been through this. And just remembering that you're not alone. Um, Kristen had said when she read my, my bio, that for me, the strongest, strongest aspect in my healing was convening with women's circles, circles where people are coming together to talk about what they're going through, to talk about what their goals are. And even if it's just a place where you're passing around the talking stick and nobody has any feedback. If you're in a place where, where you can, can come together with a couple of your friends, even if it's on Zoom at this point, right? You may not <laughs> come together in person. And a weekly call of, hey, can you, can you keep me accountable? Or can you hold me while I go through this? Have four friends that you just are like weekly call one hour. And that is again, what you're saying, Kristen, cheap. I don't know, you know, whatever this was assigned for. <laughs> it's, it's something that you don't need a lot of money to do, you know, and, and has been my saving grace. Well, thank you. I'm so glad that you found your way to a, a healing journey so that you could still be here with us and, and show up in just all of your beauty and all of your glory. Thank you. <laughs> lady. Love you. Love you too. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Healing Grove podcast. If you liked it, please be sure to like and subscribe. And if you want to deepen your experience further, consider grabbing a copy of the Healing Grove playbook. With journal prompts for this podcast and 41 others, it's the perfect place to record your learnings, keep track of the tools you explore, and reflect on your own experience. Finally, it's important to mention that even though I am a doctor, nothing you hear on this podcast, whether from myself or my guests, constitutes medical advice. Any intervention you try should always be discussed with and supervised by a trusted member of your own healing team. Thanks for listening, and see you next time in the Healing Grove.